0: You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. On today's show, we're going to talk all things Auburn Tigers with Zach Blackerby, host of Locked On Auburn. We'll get his thoughts on the big matchup this weekend going up to Penn State. We'll also talk all things SEC with him. And we will go around the conference as LSU loses one of their running backs for the season. Arkansas gets a big fine. Who will Tennessee's quarterback be this week? An injury update. On a Haynes King and much, much more I'm Chris Gordy, be sure to follow Locked On SEC for free Wherever you get your podcasts You get the latest episode of this show As soon as it comes out each and every day And a quick reminder to check out some of our other great shows Across the Locked On Podcast Network Locked On Mizzou with John Miller Locked On Gators with Brandon Olson Find them wherever you get your podcast. Alright, let's jump right into this Boots
0: out to the right the Takes the handoff. To the What a catch
1: Around the conference And we go around the conference. We start over at LSU as Coach Ed Ogeron announced at a Monday press conference that running back John Emery is out for the season because of an academic issue. Coach O confirmed Emery is out because he registered for a wrong class and is academically ineligible. Ogeron said things could change, but currently he's unavailable and it's out of his control. Each of the last couple weeks, Coach O has given a health update on Emery saying uh, that you know, he's week to week. But according to Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated, Emory has hired Alabama-based attorney Don Jackson, and the attorney will be submitting new information to the NCAA in an effort to seek what is termed a reconsideration, trying to appeal. Uh, his initial appeal was denied. So, man, what is going on? I mean, don't they have kind of counselors and things like that to help them out I know I had one when I was in college making sure I was taking the right classes I needed to and I got to think to remain eligible for football it's not brain surgery but uh, man what a weird situation and John Emery a very experienced back for LSU be a big loss if he is not able to play for LSU at all this season Also on Monday over at Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher said that injured quarterback Haynes King had surgery over the weekend to fix a crack in his lower leg but did not give a timeline on King's return to play. But Matt Zenitz of On3 Sports, he reported Haynes King sustained a fractured ankle during the team's uh, game up in Colorado on Saturday, said he underwent surgery, and is expected to be out until at least mid-October. That would mean A&M which opens SEC play against Arkansas on September 25th. Would have to use Zach Zach Calzada as their starting quarterback. After Arkansas, the Aggies face Mississippi State on October 2nd. And the big one, number one Alabama coming to College Station on October 9th. Sounds like Haynes King will not be back for that one, nor Missouri on October 16th. So Zach Calzada, he gets a start this Saturday against a pretty bad New Mexico team. He'll have an opportunity to put up some stats, gain some confidence... But man, some big games coming up for the Aggies and all the high hopes they had of possibly going undefeated, maybe winning the SEC and all that kind of stuff, get to the playoff, comes pretty difficult for the Aggies. But we'll see. They got it done this past weekend with defense. Maybe they can do that again the next couple of weeks. Speaking of Alabama, their linebacker, Will Anderson, one of the best linebackers in the country, left Saturday's game against Mercer with a right knee injury after the game. Nick Saban said the injury was being evaluated and his status for this Saturday's game against Florida was up in the air. Yesterday, Saban says Alabama feels a little bit more encouraged about Anderson's availability for Florida. So basically, you could probably expect Will Anderson to play against the Gators in the swamp this Saturday. Arkansas fans, they were pumped up on Saturday night, storming the field following the Razorbacks' 40-21 win over the Texas Longhorns. On Monday, the SEC responded to the crowd's action by fining Arkansas $100,000 due to the fans entering the field. Arkansas was last fined for a violation following its football game against LSU in 2014. So this is considered a second offense. Seven years after the fact, uh, fines were levied against schools for violation of the access to competition area policy uh, are deposited into the SEC Postgraduate Scholarship Fund. So they go to a good cause. I got to think somebody from the Walmart family uh, to Jerry Jones. Somebody probably wrote that check for Sam Pittman and company. Over at Florida, Dan Mullen and company, they got a quarterback controversy on their hands. During Monday night's press conference, Dan Mullen was asked about what the types of things that are keeping Anthony Richardson from playing more on the field. And Mullen said an easy one would be if you go back, And look, he drops back, he misses a protection check, misses a hot throw, misses a primary read, scrambles around and runs, and everybody thinks what a spectacular play. It's worth noting Anthony Richardson was 3-for-3 this past week for 152 passing yards with two passing touchdowns. Also rushed for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, The kid is electric. I know if you want to go back a couple weeks and say he missed uh, missed a check down here or there or whatever... Damn all and get over it. Anthony Richardson is a monster. He's a beast, and he should be playing more. Not saying you bench Emory Jones. I think you play both. But man, Richardson's plays have been limited. But every time he's been out there, he has been absolutely electric. Looked to maybe tweak his hamstring at the end uh, in the fourth quarter of that game on Saturday, but sounds like he should be okay. The number eleven Gators back in action this Saturday with a huge game against top-ranked Alabama. Over in Starkville, Mississippi State, they're heading up to Memphis this weekend at the Liberty Bowl, and one thing is going to be missing, the Cowbells. According to the Liberty Bowl stadium officials on Twitter, when asked if fans will be allowed to bring in Cowbells, the answer was an emphatic big, fat no with a hashtag GoTigersGo. Mississippi State Memphis will play Saturday at 3 p.m. The game will air on ESPN2. Going to miss those Cowbells, Mississippi State fans will get it have to get creative. Maybe they can pound on a uh, popcorn tub or something. Over at Georgia, Kirby Smart offered the latest update on tight end Darnell Washington and DB Tyke Smith as Georgia gets set to play South Carolina this week in Athens. Washington and Smith are each recovering from foot injuries. Neither are wearing walking boots anymore, uh, and they've done some underwater running. Smart said they are doubtful for this week's game. Now, as for quarterback JT Daniels, Kirby Smart said he has received treatment twice since Saturday and it's definitely improved. Said he was better Saturday than he was the previous days. So we will see if uh, they have to go with Stetson Bennett, Carson Beck, if Jake Daniels can't go against South Carolina. Over Knoxville, Josh Heupel gave an update at his press conference that defensive end Byron Young, who's missed the last two games because of eligibility issues, he has been cleared to play this week. Young has missed time because there was an eligibility issue related to a prep school he attended three years ago young expected to be a major factor on the d-line for the vols who play host to tennessee tech this week when he got on campus young was considered the number one weak side defensive end number 11 overall juco player uh josh heupel also asked about the condition of quarterback joe milton heading into saturday's game he said quote i don't know where he's at health wise at this moment right now as we go forward the guys that are healthy will be ready to compete and play. So, probably not going to be Joe Milton. Maybe roll roll with Hendon Hooker. And to be honest, even if Joe Milton's healthy, maybe roll with Hendon Hooker anyway. Uh, He certainly looked a little bit better throwing the football in last week's game than Joe Milton did. And lastly, Kentucky, some of their early offensive numbers for uh, their offense under Liam Cohen since he took over as the OC. They ranked 12th nationally in total offense. After ranking 115th last season, Chris Rodriguez, their running back, number one in the SEC, number two nationally in rushing yards, and Will Levis, their quarterback, ranks first among SEC QBs with six 30-or-more-yard completions. So Kentucky is getting it done on offense, night and day different than they were a year ago. And there you have it. That is around the conference. When we return, we're going to talk all things Auburn and all things SEC with our buddy Zach Blackerby. Host of Locked On Auburn. That's next. Need to tell you guys real quick about our friends over at Prize Picks. If you are a college football fanatic, you have to go check out Prize Picks. It is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you guys will as well. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of, particularly college football. That's what we're most interested in. They got more college football props than anyone in the world. They offer all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid majors, particularly we want the sec players but uh, they could uh, they offer any prop you could think of from yardage to touchdowns even interceptions fr- thrown you pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry it's just you versus the projected numbers they allow mixed sport entries so you could take the over on lebron combined uh, points with the under on Patrick Mahomes passing in the same entry. It's kind of cool. You can mix and match. Use their award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Don't hesitate. Go check out prizepicks.com or go to your App Store. Download the app today. PrizePicks is safe and offers fast, fast withdrawals. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. PrizePicks is daily fantasy made easy. Go check them out. PrizePicks. This episode brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local auto parts chain store to stock all the parts you need. Half the time when you go in there, tell them what you need. They're going to their computer, typing it in, and they have to tell you, oh, we've got to order that part for you. You know what? Just go to rockauto.com. You save time and you save money. RockAuto is a family business Serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. Got everything you need. Tail lamps, check. Motor oil, check. New carpet. Brake parts, check, check. They've got it all. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you're right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you an amazing selection of reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Locked On SEC, Chris Gordy here with you, and always fun to catch up with one of our favorite guests, our buddy Zach Zach Blackerby, host of Locked On Auburn, and he joins us now. And Zach, man, Auburn is 2-0 to start the season. Got to feel pretty good about yourself right now.
0: I guess. I mean, I don't really know what the other option was unless something happened against Akron or Alabama State, (laughs) but I think the way they look 2-0... Is encouraging to a lot of Auburn folks. Look sharp against Akron. Looked kind of rough in the first half, but then it sounds like Harson laid into the guys at halftime. And then they responded, halftime adjustments at Auburn? What? So yeah, I think Auburn fans feel good about going into uh week three.
1: Yeah, let's let's get into Auburn and then you know, next segment, I want to talk some kind of broad SEC stuff with you, know, maybe what we've learned through the first two weeks so far. But let's start with Auburn. Look, you can only play who's on your schedule. It's Akron, Alabama State. It is what it is. But you're 2-0, right. you dominated both games, a little bit slower out the gates this week offensively, but start there, offensively. Have we seen everything we wanted to see? I mean, Tank Bigsby looks like as good as advertised, Bo Nix, the numbers have been good. What have you made of the offense so far?
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned the two most important pieces of this. I think Tank is Tank, that's important for Auburn. Uh, week one, you saw Sean Shivers, the backup running back, touched the ball three times. He scored on two of those three touches, which you gotta like one through the air and uh, one on the ground. And then the the emergence of Jarquez Hunter at the running back position. I mean, he's he's uh, I think third in rushing across all SEC athletes right now. So you gotta like that. And he may be Auburn's number two guy going to Penn State, depending on what happens with Shivers moving forward. Bo Nix looked good. I think he looks a lot more comfortable with what Brian Harson and Mike Bobo want to do. A big question for me going into the season was what do the wide receivers look like? And they've really impressed me, shocked me to some extent with Demetrius Robertson coming over from Georgia. He really found a role against Alabama State, scored three touchdowns. And then, um, you know, you, you've seen guys step up. Shedrick Jackson, Bo Jackson's nephew, I kind of was starting to think that he would never be relevant in Auburn's passing game. And then he had the best offseason that he could possibly ask for really won over this coaching staff, which is impressive because he missed a big chunk of spring and he did it all throughout summer and fall camp. And so he's a guy that's really stepped up. Bo seems to really, really like throwing the ball to him. And then Javarius Johnson in the slot. He really impressed me against Akron didn't play against Alabama state, but he should be good to go against Penn state this weekend. So those three guys have really blown me away as far as catching the football, which has been something that's been a little inconsistent um, you know, down here on the plains.
1: Yeah, we know you lose three big pieces, your pro- three primary pass catchers from last year. They were questions to be answered. And Demetrius Robertson coming over from Georgia had a nice little breakout week for him. We'll see if he could sustain that. And yeah. all the young guys behind him, what grade would you give Bo Nick so far through two games?
0: B, I think he's done what he needs to do. I think some of it, and, and B may be a little too low, and, and let me explain my reasoning there, is... Looking at that Auburn Alabama State game, that first half last week, a lot of folks were like, okay, Auburn looks really sluggish. But when I went back to watch it that following day, a lot of the mistakes were not Bo's fault. I mean, Kayla Newton dropped a, a pass that would have gone for a touchdown. Tank Bigsby dropped a screen pass that you look at it, it's like, nah, he may have scored in that situation. And if those guys catch it, I think we're looking at Bo Nix's first half against Alabama State a little bit differently. He did fumble the ball there. That didn't look good. But as far as what Auburn fans wanted to see from him, could he stay in the pocket? Could he look a little bit more comfortable? Could he not throw off his back leg every single time he felt any kind of pressure? And then, you know, there were all those critics about Bo Nix just leaving the pocket to his right when he didn't need to. That is slowed down. And people still say, well, it's Akron's Alabama State. Well, he did it against lesser foes in the first two years that he was a starter at Auburn. And so it's like now he's not doing it. I think you're starting to see tendencies where it's like, okay, Bo Nix is starting to put it all together. Obviously the big question is can he do it on the road? But so far I would say a B, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he is kind of on that upward trend there. And I think Auburn fans like that.
1: What have you made out of the defense? Um, You know, Obviously, haven't had a lot of opportunities for for turnovers, interceptions. Uh, Roger McCready, yeah. McCready had, had, had one this past week, a pick six. But uh, Derek Mason, I mean, I, I said this on the podcast yesterday, Zach. And anytime you could shut out an opponent, I don't care who it is, for four quarters, that's a win. And I think so far, Derek Mason has the, the defenses look good. Obviously, a big step up in competition this week going to Penn State. But what do you make of the defense overall so far?
0: Been really impressed with a lot of things that Derek Mason has brought to the table. It looks like the front seven players, especially when you talk about the defensive line, and you know the two transfers that have come over in the off season, Tony Fair from UAB, Marcus Harris from Kansas, they're key parts of this defense now. And then you obviously build on what Kobe Wooden did uh, last year, and then you know a guy like T.D. Moultrie on the edge. He's really kind of slowly put it all together, and you know a lot of uh, a lot of folks kind of wrote him off, and he's become one of the better pass rushers on this team. On the other side of him, Derek Hall, He looks really really good so far. If you like the analytics, Pro Football Focus is really a big fan of what he's been able to do so far. And then the linebackers, we talked about this a little bit, Chris. I mean, the linebackers uh, that th- could be one of the best linebacking rooms in the conference, maybe even the entire country with Owen Papo and Zacobe McClain, and then team captain Chandler Wooten kind of being the number three guy there. And then, yeah, you mentioned Roger McCreary. Roger McCreary, I've said this before, I think he may be the most underrated player in the SEC. I think he's a very, very special, talented corner. Uh, he kind of got... Um, I don't know, maybe he was buying into his own hype a little bit in the first half. They were picking on him. Alabama State was picking on him early, and then he kind of paid him back in the second half when the whole team kind of made some adjustments and got that pick six. Smoke Monday, a guy that a lot of people talked about all offseason, and we haven't really heard his name much at all, which I guess is a good thing, not really giving up plays there. But the corner opposite uh, Roger McCreary, that was a big conversation piece all off season. Nehemiah Pritchett won that job. He held off, you know, guys like Roe Torrance, who was a transfer that really, uh, he made the two deep over a guy like Dreshawn Miller, who was one of the better corners in all of college football last year from West Virginia, then transferred to Auburn. I mean, Auburn fans got to finally see him a little bit last year, but it was just, he's deep in the depth chart. So Nehemiah Pritchett, you know, what does he do opposite Roger McCreary is kind of, you know, that cornerback tandem. Cause man, they're going to really, really be tested this week against Penn state.
1: Hey, well, will. And, and a quick thought uh, before we grab our break, what, um, your thoughts on this matchup against Penn State. I mean, uh, you know, for those who haven't been able to see much of Penn State, uh, James Franklin is kind of underachieved there, but they've been up and played in some big games throughout the years, and this is going to be a big one. I mean, I got to think that uh, Auburn's going to travel well, bring a lot of fans up there. What do you make of this matchup?
0: Ooh, I mean, yeah, Auburn fans have been talking about this matchup for for years, and and I hate that I'm not going to be able to to travel up to Happy Valley to, to see it all go down. It sounds like it's going to be a really cool venue. It sounds like it's going to be a really cool place for Auburn fans to travel and, and and go to, but Hey, I think both fan bases feel really confident about this matchup as they should. I think both teams have shown a lot of positive things for their fans. Um, you look at Penn state and sure. I think they did fine against ball state, but you know what they did against Wisconsin on the road, a top 10 matchup going into the season. And you look at it and it was pretty sloppy. Both offenses really struggled. Both offenses were very inconsistent And I think you're going to see a similar type game this Saturday with Auburn and Penn State. I think both defenses match up very, very well against the opposing offenses. It's going to be who can run the ball more consistently for the full 60 minutes. I think both defenses are going to do everything they can to keep the ball in the hands of the quarterbacks. Sean Clifford for Penn State, Bo Nix for Auburn. But, yeah, can Tank Bigsby get going? Because, look, if this game is about Tank Bigsby on Saturday, if the story of this game is how impressive Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter looks for Auburn, I think Penn State's in trouble. I really do. But if they make Bo Nix manage the game and even force him to have to take over the game and run this offense, I think that's where it gets a little sticky for Auburn. We don't know about this Auburn offensive line quite yet. We think it's a little bit better than it was last year, but we don't know that for sure. I think some scheme will help with that. I think just kind of, you know, that natural year of staying all together as one unit and taking that step together, I think that's going to play come into play a little bit too. But, I mean, we've seen them block Akron and at times struggle against Alabama State. So, like, we just don't know enough about this offensive line. But, look, I don't care who's blocking for him. Tank Bigsby is a special, special player.
1: More with Zach Blackerby right after this. We'll touch on some other SEC topics next. Need to remind you guys about our friends over at betonline.ag we are back and better than ever college football is underway. We got the NFL just got underway. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all things pro and college football action this year. They got a new updated site, new interface, very clean, easy to navigate, easy to find what you're looking for. They got even more odds, props, contests. Uh, What I love doing is in the middle of the, the college football games going on, you can go to BetOnline, you can bet on games while they're happening bet on the second half over bet on so and so minus x amount of points in the second half you can do that over at bet online head on over there use your mobile device sign up today and if you've never signed up before you can receive a 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code locked on that's l o c k e d o n Basketball, uh, football, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games. They have got you covered with everything at Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sports book experts.
0: March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast.
1: Roll along here, locked on SEC. Continue our conversation with our buddy Zach Blackerby, host of locked on Auburn. 2 0 Auburn. Yeah, they haven't played anybody, but they'll get their first real test this weekend. Zach, uh, <laughs> two weeks into the SEC. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway so far outside of Auburn?
0: Outside of Auburn, uh, how about Arkansas? Arkansas and, and Texas, you know, how good was Texas? I don't know, but I think Arkansas is a team that I think is going to surprise people. And it's interesting, you know, just from the Auburn perspective, um, a lot of beat writers and a lot of national media kind of said, hey, Auburn may lose on that trip to Fayetteville. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, that's a much tougher matchup than I think a lot of people expected. I mean, what Coach Pittman has done with that program in such a short amount of time, I mean, he has just absolutely transformed the culture. Those guys believe that they can win. And I don't know if somebody has believed that in Arkansas in a long time. So that's probably my biggest takeaway. Another takeaway is, I mean, Georgia's defense is just so special, so physical. And it's going to be really interesting to see who is able to score more than 20 points against Georgia this year. I mean, they are just able to... They kind of click on all cylinders. I'm looking forward to seeing what Florida does against Alabama this weekend. Just, you know, who are the Gators this year? There's still a lot of question marks about them that I I want to know answers to. And then, of course, Alabama. I mean, what we saw uh, them do to Miami um, just kind of early on in the season. I mean, that was just, um, I mean, it's like Alabama doesn't play with their food. And, I mean, they they they, they smell blood and they, they kill. And so um, they're kind of just picking up where they left off a year ago.
1: Yeah, it is unbelievable. I wanted to touch on. You mentioned Florida, and and obviously, look, I think everybody's and their brother is going to say Florida's got no chance, but it is right. a road test. This is Bryce Young's first tough road test. You know that when he went to Atlanta, it was you know tons of Bama fans there. They're going to the swamp, where it's going to be sold out, loud, first really rocking atmosphere that he's going to have to to play in. The mm-hmm. Florida quarterback situation really intrigues me. I mean, look, Emory Jones. Has not played bad. He's been fine. He's been good. I mean, he hasn't been Kyle Trask, but he's been good. But Anthony (laughs) Richardson is so electric, man. When he gets in there, uh, I was explaining to somebody today that I work with, I said, you got to see this kid. One, he's an athletic freak. Like, he's huge, and he does cartwheels and all this other stuff. But then the guy's, like, three for three for 175 yards and, like, six carries for 200 yards. I mean, like, he is incredible when he touches the football. I know a lot of people have said – Maybe Dan Mullen should should start him and maybe he should just be the guy. Me, I think you use both. But I think if they're going to be in a game with Alabama, they got to find the right combination of using both those guys.
0: Right. And and that's such a tricky thing to do on the fly, you know, especially since you haven't really figured out that right balance yet. Do you try to find that right balance when you're playing probably your biggest game that you're going to have all season at home against Alabama? And like, I don't know the answer to that question. And I think, I mean, you say Emory Jones is fine. And I think that's kind of what Emory Jones is, right? Is I think he's a fine SEC quarterback. But if Florida wants to beat Alabama, and if Florida wants to be able to beat Georgia and win the SEC East for a chance to, to take on Alabama again in the SEC championship game, uh, I think you got to swing for the fences and give this Richardson kid as many snaps as you're comfortable giving him. You know, we we don't know what's happening in their practices, and we don't know what all's happening, you know, behind closed doors. And you know, maybe they're they're focusing on slowly giving him more and more of the playbook each and every week. But yeah, he's um he's been a really really impressive guy. There's no question about it.
1: We talked about you know at least uh, Georgia how good they are. They're one of the teams in the East that Auburn plays this year. Another team in the East they play is South Carolina, who's two and zero. I know they got into a little bit of a slug match with. uh ECU this past weekend but South Carolina is 2-0 and people are starting to say okay Shane Beamer may be a little bit ahead of schedule here uh what do you make of South Carolina so far
0: I don't think they're a good football team but it's early they could definitely prove me wrong and I mean Auburn kind of caught the 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 wrong end of South Carolina last year I thought that was going to be enough to keep Will Muschamp's job obviously it was not the case and so look, if South Carolina is better than they were last year, they've got a chance to beat Auburn. I mean, it it came down to it, and Auburn had some questionable play calls late in the game, but uh, I I don't think South Carolina is very good. But when you look at, you know, the rest of the SEC East, like, is Missouri as good as some people pegged them to be? I don't know. Tennessee's a dumpster fire. Vanderbilt's a disaster. So it's like, okay, if they finish in the middle of the SEC East, are they, you know, is that a good enough season for them? And, you know, maybe they make a bowl game. It probably will make a bowl game. And so, you know, can they steal one when they play Kentucky? I don't know, but maybe they certainly could. Um, And so I I guess by by, by the definition of it, you know, being ahead of schedule, I guess so. I guess there's a chance that they could be. Sure.
1: Uh, Kentucky, I, I was very impressed with their win over Missouri. It's just amazing how, you know, I've watched Kentucky the last few years. I've said my my wife is a Kentucky alum, and well, I've had to sit there and watch these 17-14 type games where the offense is terrible. And, man, they, they used to settle for field goals all the time. This new Will Levis, he's throwing for touchdowns. And so – I'd be very nervous if I have Kentucky on my schedule. In fact, uh, we'll be going up up there in a couple weeks to Lexington when LSU goes up there, and you know LSU looks a little you know they look very underwhelming this year. Um, Closing thought: anybody you think uh, right now, as far as SEC coaches go, that you would say is really on the hot seat
0: right now? Really on the I, I think Ed Orgeron is. I think Ed Orgeron's really on the hot seat. I actually had a bold prediction on my show last week, and now it's starting to not be as so bold. But I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, Gordy. I said that Auburn's going to go to uh, LSU in a few weeks. I think they're going to win by three scores, and I think Ed Orgeron's going to get let go the next day. I think it's uh, I think it's close, and I think LSU's going to want first pick of um you know uh, of the the folks that are going to be available throughout the coaching carousel. I think what's happening at LSU is, um, is not good. It's not what that program deserves. And you hate it because uh, I think a lot of folks, I've seen a lot of articles comparing him to, you know, uh, LSU's version of Gene Chizik and what we saw, you know, um, the, the seasons following that 2010 season where obviously he had Cam at Orgeron had Joe Burrow. There are a lot of similarities there if this all happens, but, I think Ed Orgeron is going to be probably the first team, uh, first coach to be let go um, when you look at all the SEC schools. That's, um, that is my prediction.
1: Yeah, they got some time to figure things out. They get Central Michigan this week and then a road trip at Mississippi State, which we found out is going to be an 11 a.m. game. And everybody hates those 11 a.m. games. They're such sleepers and and whatever. But, no, I'm with you. I mean, I said Mike Leach, I think, doesn't make it through this season at Mississippi State. But, man, if he's able to beat LSU, maybe Mike Leach is okay. And maybe, like you said, Coach O is coaching for his job against Auburn in a couple of weeks. And what we saw that UCLA was able to do them with the ground game in week one, hard to argue that they're going to be able to stop Tank Bigsby. (laughs) And Auburn's run game in a couple of weeks. So, yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a jumbled mess right now. I know you mentioned Tennessee. They're kind of my uh, – I kind of I like watching Tennessee. I was kind of rooting for them against Pitt, hoping they could get it done. But, man, the quarterback situation. Joe Milton, I swear to God, like no touch on the ball. I don't know how much you got to see of it, but overthrowing everybody. I'm like, has this kid ever just like thrown a touch pass? Like, here, just float one. Just float. You don't have to throw it 100 miles per hour. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, being, being comfortable is a big part of playing quarterback and there's just nothing comfortable about Tennessee right now. And you know, how much of that is Hypo? How much of that is, you know, what he, uh, what he took over and, and everything happening in Knoxville. It's not a pretty sight. Um, but I, I think, you know, three or four years from now, I mean, uh, they're probably on another coach. And so I think when you look at that, it's like, how long is the leash there for Hypo as well? Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Tennessee's hard to watch, <laughs> wow. so I didn't watch a whole lot of it.
1: Maybe they should have given old, uh, old, uh, you know, Gus a look. You know, he's at UCF doing his thing now, so we'll see. Uh, oh, we
0: had uh, what about the Kevin Steele rumors, right? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin yeah, Steele's hey, up there for a few minutes, right?
1: He could have done it for a while. Zach Blackberry, host of Locked On Auburn, let our listeners know what you got on the uh, podcast going this week.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're getting ready for uh, you know what college football is deemed the biggest matchup of the weekend as game day will be at happy Valley as Auburn heads to take on Penn state. We're going to talk about that game every single day. New pods drop every morning at three o'clock on locked on Auburn, wherever you get your podcast, Gordy, always good to chat with you, man.
1: Definitely Zach. And uh, we'll do it again very soon, man. Thanks for the time. Of course. All right. There he is. Zach Blackerby host of locked on Auburn. That's going to do it for this edition of locked on sec. My thanks to Zach Blackerby for sticking around with us, talking all things, Uh, Auburn and SEC. And a reminder, betting on the SEC doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast. Lee Sterling giving you his lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.